0: Bernard Glockner died in 1876. It is to recall that the funeral cortege was the largest ever seen in the city. This is the
1: Local Legends
0: Podcast.
1: We're live on the Local Legends Podcast. This is episode number seven. I'm sitting here with Scott Schmidt. Scott, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us
0: this afternoon. How's business? Um, Business can always be better, but... Then again, I said that 45 years ago, so it's, it can always be better.
1: <laughs> yeah, always striving for more. No, it's good.
0: It, it's going good. It's going. It's going well. But, it, but um, you know, it's one of our mantras in our company. You know, every day you get up, you want to do better. So mm. we want to be better. So that's um, um, so I'll stand with that.
1: Let's start by taking it back to Portsmouth. What year was it that
0: you were growing up? in the um, I don't know. I'm 66 years old. I Graduated from high school in 71 from Notre Dame mm. High School here in Portsmouth. I got into the business, into the restaurant business in 75. Um,
1: but that that kind of golden age of Portsmouth, like, it, it seems like that period, the 1960s, right, was uh, a time that our community, like, still fantasizes about. I mean, Dreamland Pool was still the epicenter of summer, and uh, Mom and Dad still shopped at Martins. I mean, what was your memory of
0: growing up here? Well, growing up, um, shoot, I've always told people I, I never knew. And, and again, I don't think it was that depressed. Portsmouth wasn't that depressed at the time. You know, Detroit Steel was running strong. The A plant was running strong. The railroad was running strong. But even as a teenager, I didn't know anything about Detroit Steel Mill. I didn't know anything about the railroad. I didn't know anything about the A plant. Mm. I just, in a neighborhood, I grew up on 7th Street, and um, those were really clean, nice neighborhoods. Everyone kept their yards up. Everyone kept their houses up. Everyone. Um, so growing up, the only thing that in my, as I got in high school, you know, was when, you know, things started happening you know nationally with Martin Luther King was mm. probably one of the biggest impacts as far as knowing things going on nationally. Um, I was still in the, I was in the fifth grade when JFK was assassinated. So what bits and pieces I remember of that is vague, but, uh, but probably my strongest memories are just from a national standpoint, I know you asked me about what was going on in Portsmouth, but it affected Portsmouth, Mm. and um, so um, no violence, nothing like that. It was just uh, just a current event that happened that nationally that affected us locally here too.
1: Mm. And then uh, you started as an assistant manager at your local Wendy's in 1975, right? Correct. How did you get into the business?
0: Well, I got into the business, I was working as a metallurgy lab technician at OSCO, mm. and I was working the second shift, and um, they they had a large contract with Ford at the time, and Ford went on strike, um, laid off the whole second shift. Um, as my boys teased me, I had 10 jobs, I, I didn't, but they keep <laughs> exaggerating stories, but but. You know, I just went out and I was, I was painting houses by day, bartending at night. I was, um, uh, I was married at the time, so I I had, I had to make money. So I had, um, Wendy's was coming to town, never knew nothing about it, didn't know anything about it whatsoever. Um, first cousin of my wife, she, they had known about Wendy's from being in Columbus and and, you know, they just kept talking and talking and talking how great Wendy's was. So I went out, when I seen it being built, just applied. And I had some management experience actually with Glockner's, because mm. um, I worked in the truck shop and worked in the service department as a service writer. And um, I didn't realize I was, a, was gaining management experience. But when they... The truck, um, God, the truck shop manager, big guy Larry. I can't think of his last name right now, but he just dumped all the administrative stuff on me. And <laughs> of course, I worked under Tony Crick. Tony was over at all the service department at that time, and um, I didn't realize he was teaching me a lot about management, but he was. Mm. I, I was learning accidentally, but um, but that was my really my first spin with. Doing anything management wise, so I went out. They were open for applications, and I remember there was there was a line, gosh, a half a block, maybe a whole block down the street to get in. And Mm. I'm I'm a little pompous sometimes and a little aggressive, so I just cut in line and went inside. And actually, I knew one of the the people that were interviewing people, and I just told them I wanted to be a manager, and I didn't want to be, you know this regular crew person not that they're not important but um, but actually I was hired in really as a crew person um, right at first but within a few days they put me into management mm. as an assistant manager. Wow.
1: And then 13 years later you end up purchasing two Wendy's franchises right here in Portsmouth.
0: Yes. Um, that was 1988. I had gone our our local franchisee that I had worked for, they had sold, um, Ollie Webb had sold the stores to, um, uh, two gentlemen in Zanesville, Bob Goodrich and Barry Boyles. And so I'd first turned them down. Um, there's a local Bonanza franchisee here and he had asked me to come work for them as their operator An operator in the restaurant business is someone that is over their whole operations. Um, similar to be I guess like a vice president of operations and the the people in Zanesville then came back and actually made another offer to me that if I came up and put me on a five year plan if I came up there and got their stores up and running in five years then they would help me out become a franchisee Mm. so I kinda we went there took the family there was up there for about a year and a half I was there for about two a little over two years but I accelerated the process and we um, got stores up and running two years instead of five and so I don't know if they were if their patience was running thin with me or I was running patients or my patients run thin with them <laughs> as far as they just had a different style of how they did things and I came from a different style mm-hmm. um, They were more much more professional than me and meetings all the time, and I'm kind of a just just get to hell after it, kind yeah. of person and mm-hmm. so and that's how we attacked it. and so we accelerated the plan, and um, two years after being up there, then they helped set me up as far as with Wendy's international to to get to two stores here in Portsmouth, my hometown.
1: Mm. I'm sure you made an impression on that the very first day when you're walking into the Wendy's franchise and you're jumping to the the front of the line and you you have um, a conviction about what you're meant to do there.
0: Right. Well, you know, I had one of those attitudes. It's not not what I intended to do. It wasn't my dream. But, you know, if I'm going to come work there, then this is what I want to do. Mm. And I was... Um, all I had to do is wait till Osco till Ford went off strike and went back to my job so that's I guess I had nothing nothing to lose you know. So, and I, I really thought after I'd get going there which had happened I'd get called back to Osco and I got called back to Osco and I would have made actually 40 more dollars a week doesn't sound like a lot of money but back then that was a lot of money and i didn't like what i did there and what i was doing at wendy's i felt good about myself i just loved what i did mm. and even though i was young i was um, how old at the time scott i'd been 22 so um i think i was like all most other young people didn't really want to work who, who wants to work who liked to work I like going to work. I like, at the time, so I figured out I didn't have a job. So, it's the first time I realized I really don't have a job. You know, I have, there's a career here and I liked what I, what I was doing. But by the time I got called back, you know, to Osco, I had already been promoted to be the general manager at the, um, at that restaurant. So, Mm. um, out on Soda Trail was the first Wendy's we had here locally. So, You know, that being said, I just, I've just always, I've just always loved the business and, uh, and you know, it's just a cliche a lot of people use all the time, but I, it never was a job. It just never was a job Mm. to me. Um, So it was a career, it was something I liked, you know, I felt like I had passion for it. And, um, you know, I always wanted to be, you know, in high school and went to college for a couple of years. I didn't graduate from college. Am I proud of that? No, but at the same time, um, I did what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always wanted to be a high school coach. So I always wanted to go into coaching. Well, I really converted what I did at Wendy's into coaching. So, you know, one of the, you know, you talk about legends. I'm very humbled. I don't, I don't know. I I'm embarrassed sitting here with you right now to even be thought of as a... I, I'm not. But there's a lot of legends and mentors in my life. Ed Miller, Coach Ed Miller, uh, talking to all my classmates. I mean, there's something... And again, I don't know if he did it by design. Um, he was just a good coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Um, that um, he went on to Wheelersburg and we won a couple of state championships at Notre Dame. And he won one up at Wheelersburg, And he... Um, he was one of my biggest mentors that, that, um, that I learned structure from and discipline from. And, um, and again, I don't, I don't know if Coach did that by design or if it was just his style, it was just the way he, he operated.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell us about your journey and you alluded to a lot of it, but from the beginning with the business to, to actually buying it after um, you had accelerated the process two years later uh you're in the franchise i mean what was the next step from there
0: well it was um you know learning a lot you know a self-taught um i've got a little den at home and it's full of accounting books it's full of marketing books it's full so you know i did my own research i did my own um how to become a businessman um Again, Andy Glockner is a very good friend, very successful businessman. As we know, I picked Andy's brain all the time. And um, even though Andy wasn't in the restaurant business, he was a businessman. Mm. And we were both in young business. Man, but he had more resources I you know, than I did, but you now Andy helped out a lot you know with with advice. And, and knowing other Wendy's people in the field that um, I was constantly you know on the phone on the phone with them, the Webb family that I started working for in Portsmouth, um, he um, he had two sons, both in the restaurant business. One stayed in Wendy's, one went in the G.D. Ritzy's business, but but Roger was also a mentor of mine as far as really learning the fine, um, I don't know, the fine points of running a Wendy's restaurant and running a, a restaurant period. Mm. Something
1: that you continue to touch on, Scott, and I love how you said uh, when you started at Wendy's, it. When you said it wasn't your dream, right? But but you had this this self starter, this uh, just start kind of mentality that mm-hmm. built momentum
0: and ended up showing you how much potential there really was there. Well, one thing I figured out, and you know, I've always thought this, and I tell young people now, and and I'm getting older because I'm starting to talk about telling young people what to do but <laughs> it's it's passion the one word i use is passion and um it's it's one thing i recognize i like to think i'm pretty good recognize people that's got passion if you don't have passion for what you're doing you need to find something else to do um and looking back reflecting back on when i was there i apparently i had passion. you know i sound a little conceited maybe talking about it, but no I, I felt i had passion for what i was doing mm. i could have went back and to uh, my other job and made more money and i didn't like it i didn't like the job. The people were great mm. you know there was nothing that the people in osco did to but it was just what i was doing i felt good about what i was doing um at the end of the day if it was a good day i i felt great If it was if I had a bad day, the only thing that went through my mind is I, I need to do better tomorrow so that I don't have another bad day. And I never had that with any other job, you know, but it, uh, I always felt, you know, I had that in all my teammates, you know, when I played on their name, it was that same feeling when you might have had a bad practice and pretty much we had a good group of guys and you walked out of there thinking, um, we just need to do better tomorrow. Mm. And, um, uh, but my team, we were pretty good. We won the state championship. We were pretty good. So, but this great bunch of guys, you mm-hmm. know, great, great bunch of guys, and um, couldn't ask for better teammates. But and we've, I've, you know, kind of transferred all that into into our business because it's. As I sit here with you right now, I don't think I've done a damn thing in 45 years. I don't. I the people that that um, that worked for me and. Um, and I don't say me, I need, I'd like to take that back, but work for us and that we are very much an us company and I'm very proud of, uh, the people who have worked for us, especially for any length of time. And every day I still walk in my office, we have, you walk down on my way to the office, we have many plaques up for, we call it the hall of fame. It's, you know, for people for the longevity of the people that have been there with us for a long time—that's my most proud thing. When I look up there and see that we've had people working for us for over thirty years, mm. twenty-five years—not we don't have one or two—we have several. Um, so anyone anyone's worked for us over ten years, gets gets a plaque on the wall, and that's one of my that's one of my greatest uh, feelings. And I and I feel that every single day when I walk in my office and I, and I look at it, I have to pass those plaques when I. Before I unlock my door. So for someone, uh, or maybe a, a younger person,
1: or anyone, Scott, that doesn't uh, maybe doesn't have that confidence about himself or that uh, uh, an idea of where to find that passion. Like when you meet someone like that that's joined your team, uh,
0: how do you direct them? Well, you know, I like to think we we have established a, a very solid culture in our company and it's a it's a hospitable culture we really strive on hospitality a lot of people think hospitality is how you treat guests how you treat um but it's it, first of all it is that but hospitality has to start with within ourselves and how you treat everybody we don't tolerate people not treating someone else good um, we get on that really quick And, but hospitality begins with, with ourselves, you know, within our team and our staff and, um, and their teams. And, but we we're constantly talking about hospitality and, um, and it's easy to talk about, but it's also teaching and coaching leadership and developing people to be leaders. And, um, so, I mean, we have 2,200 employees now, so I can't get around of course I can't get around to work and my son Juice who's running the company now um, he's one ought to be here talking about me <laughs> but, um, he's accomplished more in the last couple of years than what I have you know in the first 45 so um, but um, and that's a uh, and my oldest son Aaron he he operates a UPS store and he's a UPS store franchisee and I'm very proud of both my boys but uh, one chose a good UPS store. One chose to stay with me, and I didn't want either one of them working for me. So, but it, <laughs> but it's just how it worked out. Um, but anyway, no, we uh, it it's it's a culture that we have, and we've established it, and um, and it's tougher and it's tough to maintain that culture. Mm. But but um, the young people coming in that and we have, you know there's there's a lot of turnover in the fast food business. Mm. Um, but it's you just got to keep ramping up, keep talking to them, coaching them through all the time. And as you had said
1: earlier, I mean it takes something more than just money to retain someone.
0: Oh, absolutely. Money's not one of the biggest motivators there is. You know that's the number one reason people leave, um, leave a business, leave a company or whatever is the person who they're working for directly. Their direct supervisor, is the number one reason why people why people leave a company, mm. and now you get some people that'll you know that that's debatable, but there are facts out there that will back will back me up. I mean, there's human resources facts, and um, not only in our industry but just about everybody's industry. But when you think about it, the, the biggest reason you stay at a company is money important, sure. Benefits mm. important, sure. Um, but if you're taking care of people and and you're being, you know, you're being kind to them and um, and they're doing the job and you're rewarding them and it's and there's more than reward, there's more to rewarding people than just money. Um, but you know, again, our key people they're they're being rewarded by just by just doing a good solid job. You know, I think that's where our cultures come in. I, I think a lot of them go go home and, I, you know, I, I don't want to say I love it when I see that they failed, but I love it when I see that they failed and they come back. Mm. They come back earlier the next day and stay longer the next day to fix what they failed at. So um, we have a lot of good people. Mm.
1: And then after opening five different locations, uh, you win the Wendy's Award, which um, is presented to franchisees for possessing high operational standards, commitment to training and development and uh proven success in local store marketing so what it take to achieve recognition for
0: that well it's nothing that we signed up for you know it's nothing that you, you applied for you know it's just something that we do and we just have to go to a convention and they they said our name you know I, we were surprised you know and um i mean we just i'm not and get ahead of you with your question, but well, we just won another one here just a couple of years, or Juice did. Oh, awesome! So, um, but no, it's uh, it was, like I said, it wasn't nothing we planned for, it's just they we just happened to be at the convention. They they you know, Schmidt Family Restaurant Group, just which we really weren't even called Schmidt Family Restaurant Group at the time, but it was just we didn't have as so many stores and different concepts, but uh, no, it was you know, awards are nice, but you get it and you go back to work tomorrow. Mm. You know, I mean, it's just you're, you're only as good as your last at-bats, you know, you're only as good as the last, you know, uh, single combo you served. Um, uh, you know, I can, you can get good ones four days in a row, but if you get a bad one...
1: It sticks not, with it, you.
0: Yeah, if you're not treated right and we don't fix it when when something happens like that, then, no, it sticks with you, mm. Sure.
1: And so obviously no matter what your business is I mean people and team building especially for you seem to to be the key what's been the the key steps for you to develop winning
0: teams um, building leadership and analyze constantly evaluating leadership and um, you know I'd like to use this as an example a lot of times we we just knew we just kept hammering away at this hospitality 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 and we have spring update meetings. Bring everybody in and talk to them and try to coach them up. And you know, one day I don't know. We sat down as a team and and we just figured out we're not gaining. You know, we're not getting any better at this. What are we doing wrong? We're doing something wrong here. We're not. We're not any better today than we were five years ago with the hospitality piece. And and where do we? Where are we going wrong? Then we just finally, as a group, but I, I can't remember even who it was. I think we just signed as a group that. We're not developing people as leaders, so so we really attacked this whole developing leadership, developing people's leadership skills, and to make sure that um, that they're aware of what does it take to be a leader, you know. And uh, so we started working on that, and uh, more than working on it. I mean, we that was kind of we were re- very driven to mm. to uh, teach our people and all the folks in our teams. And I, I don't care from our accounting office to our maintenance people, of course the people in the stores, you know, it, um, it takes a village here in our business to to get this thing right. And everyone is is very important in our company. Mm. Um,
1: but what'd you find out about uh, the anatomy of a great leader?
0: Well, we started picking out the people that we knew were stepping up, mm. uh, stepping out without being told. Um, you know, you'll you'll get an argument. Some people think leadership you, you're you're born to be a leader. Everyone's not born to be a leader. Well, I I don't know that so much is true. Some people don't want to be leaders once you point things out. And um, there's a lot of the physical things. You know, from being on you know not work on time, but being work early. Um, don't leave um, you know don't leave your shift when you're leaving a shift don't um don't leave them buried you know set them up the wind kind of um, so teaching people to build up to more of their awareness and their operations awareness of themselves everything from their uh, their appearance you know what they stand for you know in our business do you dress for success yes you know and only because you can't be dressed like a slob and be dressed dirty and coming in and you got dirty fingernails and you're looking at people and you're buying food and somebody's got a dirty fingernails. But there's so many little pieces to it and mm. um, applying progressive discipline to them and being more aware of the progressive discipline from is someone out of uniform? Is, someone, is someone's hair too long? Is someone... So, I mean, there's a lot... Um, I'm, I'm not having a difficult time answering your question, but I, I, could, I could keep going for about an hour. Just, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the little... Um, attributes that make up a leader, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but it's, it's mostly you start picking out the people who are stepping forward, stepping up Mm -hmm. and um, awarding those people and making sure that they're getting your message or be our message across to them so that they are teaching and more so than teaching and coaching, coaching their people up. And I've always felt there's a big difference between teaching and coaching. And we like to think we coach people. And, you know, teaching is you go, you know, my wife's a school teacher. She teaches chapter five today. What does she do tomorrow? She goes chapter six Mm. because she's got to stay, stay on pace with what the school system and her curriculum is telling them. Well, coaching is, if you don't get chapter five today, you don't go to chapter six. Go chapter five again, and again, and again, and again, until you get it. You don't go to chapter six until you get it. Um, school, I'm sorry, but school teachers can't do that. They have to move on. They have to move on to the next step. Mm. Um, whether they know chapter five or not, sure. you know, they, they have to move to chapter six to mm. keep pace. So we don't do that in our business. We, we keep it's repetition, 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 repetition. So until until we do things right, mm. that's one thing I learned from Ed Miller, you know, my high school football coach. You know, there's a reason he didn't have that many, you know, he didn't have a very thick playbook, but what little bit of plays that we had, we did it right, and we did it right because of repetition, repetition, repetition. Sure. So we're doing the same thing in practice the last week of the season, as what we were doing the first week of the season. So. So we've tried to implement that same philosophy, only different, you know, it's not, you know, we're not hitting the sled and driving sleds and and tackling practice, but it's, (laughs) it's the same concept. Mm -hmm.
1: And I really like this, this self-awareness piece that you're throwing out, that people have to be aware of themselves to be a leader. Right. And I think that's maybe hard to do because it
0: requires a lot of humility. Right. Well, it's holding people accountable. You know, most people don't like, uh, Two words that I I feel leaders, you you know they're leaders is when they hold themselves accountable and they show results. Mm. Now people that I get they get the check mark for me right away. So when they when they they don't want to they don't think it's important to show results, and you gotta have results. We're in business, mm. you know, and and so even at that you try to coach them, up, you try to talk to them about how why results are important, you know so. You just can't keep someone hired that's not showing results. And believe me, we've had people, we, we've we made those mistakes. We've had people work for us like eight, nine years that, you know, but you keep slugging away, slugging away, slugging away, that they're going to get the results and finally just kind of just got to cut them loose mm. or they end up cutting themselves loose because they can't give you the results mm. that you're asking for. And, um, and we've knock on wood. We've proved ourselves right because every time we've moved on and another person come in, we've got the result. So that's you know, juice and myself. Well, I mean, we're answering ourselves. We're we're not asking too much, mm-hmm. you know. So, and you got to ask a lot anyway. So we have got to keep raising the bar. A lot of people will cut themselves loose because you have to keep raising the bar. And juice is one that he drives me more than I've driven him. I think, but he's one he, he is he's definitely one you got to get better every day mm. and um, he's more he's definitely more nonsense no nonsense than what i am so so
1: obviously you you and andy go way back uh he was just on the the podcast a few episodes uh-huh. before this and tell us about um your relationship with him
0: well you know um he didn't tell his story on the podcast when he he was he was right behind me on defense. I was defensive and He was a cornerback, and uh, my son Juice, teases him to this day. And I think he still holds the record. I think he's the only person who ever played guard in football and played played guard on the basketball team. <laughs> you normally don't see that. And uh, but one game, Andy got he got his bell rung today. He'd have, he would have probably had to sit out a couple games with a concussion protocol. So. Um, but I'm sitting there we're looking around we're in the huddle and I, I mean it's, it's one of my memories of Andy it's a it's a funny memory but maybe not so great memory but next thing you know he's standing on the sideline of the other team and their coaches and players are kind of young got my attention like they're pointing to the sideline like pointing at old number 68 here just well, he got his bell rung he didn't know he didn't know where in the hell he was at so but you know what I think two plays later we went over and grabbed him, walked him over to the sideline and coach came over and got him, met him about halfway, walked him sideline and, you know, they give him the old salt, you know, smelling salt, salt routine, and ask him how many fingers he was shown. And if he was within four fingers, then he put you back in the game. <laughs> and he was, he, he, but he was just a, a very, very tough, he was a tough nut. And, uh, Back then, you weren't allowed to, you know, like now, you know, you can't spare. He he was the guy that would spare you. He would leave both his feet. My boys laughed. They look at old film, and Andy would leave his feet, his arms behind him, and his he would tackle you with his head head first. You know, you just come. Kind of, he'd be like a, you know, missile diving in on a pile. But uh, no, but um, so you know my yeah my first experience with Andy again was was playing ball you know and then as freshmen both schools um you know went together at Notre Dame and you know we became one class one grade and no we we were good classmates good teammates good you know and good friends you know Mm -hmm. throughout that and that developed into a business partnership yes Andy um actually when I came down to do the two stores um I had, you know, the banks, they're not going to talk to me. I don't have nothing, you know, and um, I could have went and got partners. You know, there's there's different, a couple of different groups trying to, you know, four or five partners. I didn't want to have partners, and so I finally went out and talked to Andy and for advice, and what do you think? And so um, Andy's business, um, Quality Leasing, you know, they financed our, Um, they basically financed our deal, financed the equipment and stuff. And um, Wendy's, at the time, made him hold, you know, uh, stay on the franchise agreement. Andy Andy never accepted to eat. Andy never stepped a foot in the back door or nothing. So we borrowed the money, you know, from Quality Lease, which was Glockner's. And I get it, well, there still is Quality Lease. Mm -hmm. But... um, that's how, that's how we financed our first two stores. Mm. And, until we, you know, pretty much paid that off and, and my net worth grew enough that Wendy's, you know, accepted it and it did and Andy went off the documents. Mm. And,
1: I mean, he obviously really believed in you and what you were doing. Um,
0: well, apparently, i guess, (laughs) he Um, maybe someone told him he was an idiot for investing in a, you know, still a fairly new, you know, hamburger concept. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was wasn't all. It was established, but it wasn't established, of course, like it is now.
1: Well, to to that like, note, did 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 you think like did you see the potential in it? Like at a time, no one had a concept that hamburgers could like be this big.
0: Well, you know, there were McDonald's. They were still around. Um, they still are. They were there. Um, another hot concept at the time was. Burger Chef and BBF, and you're too young. You don't remember those two, but <laughs> I don't. Um, but there were other, there were you know other hamburger places in Portsmouth. We were actually the fourth one, mm. but we had a different concept. We had a drive-through window, and no one else had done drive-through windows yet. So that was, that was our thing. We hung our hat on, and where where Wendy's. You know, made a difference from everybody else. Than everyone else pretty much copycatted from that. <laughs> So everyone copies anyway, you know, you do something good, you do baked potatoes, they do baked potatoes and um but um no, but it was no it it was a um it was rolling the dice probab I'm sure for Andy. So if it didn't make it I don't know what Andy would have done with, you know, a couple of frosty machines and you know, they've been <laughs> down here and they'd been down here and uh and in, in the speakeasy. In yeah. the speakeasy down here, probably yeah. in each corner. But uh but no, um no, he's a good friend, good businessman and he's um obviously had a lot of conversations.
1: Uh what do you think you guys have taken away from your relationship?
0: Gosh, um maybe we can write a book on that. You no know, just bouncing things off of each other and I mean and we've gone we'll, we'll go sometime not to see each other or talk to each other for months at a time and we mm-hmm. do run into each other and Uh, it's like hell we just live in the same town and but he became very busy i became very busy with our growth and what i was doing and what he was doing and um shame on us because but i don't know we we just had lunch you know a couple weeks ago and no we still talk and um have dinner and do some things our boys are the pretty much the same age and um i know juice and Michael especially. Um, I think they golf some together and me and Andy tease they golf too much. They <laughs> golf too much. But uh and we laugh about that, but gosh, both those boys have told us they're not gonna they're not gonna work like me and Andy did and you know they're smarter boys than we were. You know, they they're just they're working smarter than what me and Andy did. So mm. but we grew up in a in a the same era. You just you knew nothing but work. Yeah and uh that's people ask me when you're going to retire I don't know what to do you know I I, uh, I don't i I don't golf I don't fish I don't hunt um, so uh, you got a hobby for me do you, Connor <laughs> no, yeah. no no suggestion okay <laughs> um, no actually I'm helping coaching up at Notre Dame high school right now mm. which has been it's been um, rewarding and yes so I'm um, I'm enjoying doing that, so it gives me something to do, and she's um, always finds a project for me to do here, or there. So he uh, he's he's keeping me busy. Now I'm kind of overseeing all the construction and remodels and ITs, and then I'm his construction manager. Right? That, that's, <laughs> that's what I am now. So
1: yeah, I, I just think it's really cool. You know, you guys have both had separate ventures, and I'm sure at plenty of times that it felt like you were. Do it al- doing it alone, but um, like having a, a, a relationship like that that goes beyond business, and you're able to, yeah, to to really collaborate, and it's got to take things to the next level. Right.
0: No, we had different mentors, you know, growing up. Um, just no slam on Andy. I mean, Andy always had Ebby to fall back on as yeah. far as advice, giving advice, and <laughs> um, and actually, I there there were times I would talk to Ebby. You know, because I respected him, who he was. and um, But he'd come down to the restaurant. There'd be times he'd come down to the restaurant and, be, and we'd be out there talking in the dining room, and he'd, he'd chew my ass out. And he'd say, he'd say Scotty, I think you need to get back here and get busy. I mean, it's like, what the hell? You know, he doesn't even know the business, but he knows we were busy and I need to be back here working. Uh, sure. So, um, gosh, dinner was a time oh shoot a couple years before he passed he um, Juice had gone out and was talking to him in the dining room same thing occurred to him they started getting busy and he he looked at Juice and he said I don't think your dad appreciates you out here talking to me all the time I think you need to get your ass back here and work and that's Ebby you know and that's how so um, but I had different mentors you know that I fell back on and being in the business as Andy would Andy would be calling different dealerships and different people and you know what they're doing and same with me I call other franchisees that I knew and Dave Thomas um, founder of Wendy's was I got the opportunity I was on the national advertising board for seven years or eight years whatever um, and I had the fortune of being around him a lot being different marketing meetings and advertising meetings and just listen him I always said I never talked to him much I just listen you, mm. you learn to have a lot more when you listen than what you do when you talk but just listening to him and um there's one thing i took out of his book um there's only one thing i pat myself on the back that i do good and that's surround myself with good people Mm. dave thomas did that he and that's i think out of the first page of his book but that's one thing that i that i learned from him in the very early stages is surround yourself with good people and uh because I know I'm not bright enough to figure all this out myself. <laughs> I'm not bright enough to figure hardly any of it out. But but I was smart enough to surround myself with good people. And that's exactly what we have in my company. And, mm. and sometimes I call my company from a standpoint of, you know, where we started. But it is our company. It's not, a, it's not a me company, but our company, I surrounded myself with very, very, very good people. Not very good people, but very, very, very good people. So... And um, so I'm, I'm, I was smart enough to figure that out.
1: And mm. that stays true to your whole team building mentality. I mean, I like that you draw so many parallels between what you're doing at work and uh, your life in sports and then your life in mm-hmm. coaching and uh, how much they interplayed. I mean, it really, like, sports teaches you how to take a loss on the chip. Right. Yeah. Um, and to be able to relate that into what you're doing in business, I think just makes a lot of
0: sense. Now we very much um, pattern our company um, after a after a football program or as for the successful basketball program. It just it's you know you set up you got the head coach you got assistant coaches you have the players you got you got to develop the players and you know you got to develop a culture and mm-hmm. you know that's why I'm not a Patriot fan but I respect I respect their organization like no other organization. You have to respect the organization. I'm a Browns fan. Get over it. <laughs> but it's like, yes, it's a laughable thing. But I, no, but I, um, and I'm not crazy about the organization how they've been doing things over the last five or six years. But I'm hoping they do because I grew up a Browns fan. But I do, you know, I do respect the really good. I really do respect the really good organizations out there. Mm. Um, I think, and you know, being a Browns fan people shoot me when they see me out, but I respect the Steelers organization also. And they're supposed to be our biggest rival, but you, man, you just can't argue with their organization. You know, they just know how to do it right and they do it right year in, year out. Hmm. Um, but, no, we do, there's a parallel to what we do and, um, cause that's really what I grew up knowing. You know, that's what, you know, my dad was a football coach also. Hmm. So he was Ed Miller's assistant. So that's, you know, I grew up in a football family and that's the only thing I could relate it to. And we just don't have helmets and chin straps and shoulder pads. That's the only difference.
1: Mm. So, Your uh, fascination with sports and what you've learned from it has, has led you to be really involved with like the little leagues and the community and those kind of things. I'm, I'm sure that's rewarding for you as well. It
0: is. It's, um, you know, we like to hang our hat on one thing we um, you know, I'm not afraid to say we don't want to be the United Way, be something for everyone and try and not do a very good job at it. Mm-hmm. Um, we do do a lot of things for, well, we hang our hat on is schools and kids. Mm. And um, so, yes, Little League, whether it's peewee football, whether it's, you know, Little League baseball. And we've got a lot of communities we're in. Um, schools, we try to be on, you know, uh, sponsor... And it's just not the sporting programs. We sponsor a lot of things in the schools itself besides just, you know, it's just not, you know, hang a sign on a football scoreboard. You know, we do other things in the, in the schools and sponsor good behavior, sponsor good grades, sponsor do, do things. We have packets that any school can call us at any time hmm. to um, pick up all their goodies that they want to reward their students with. So, um I think it's like good, best behavior. Things have changed that so don't hold me to it, but there's just a lot of things we do besides sports you mm. know, in schools. But it's pretty much we hang our hat on sport or on schools and, and the kids themselves. Mm.
1: Scott, let's follow this thread. If with everything that you've accumulated over the years in, in your own life experience, um, if you were to join in the middle of like a high school football huddle, whether it be uh, Wheelersburg or one of the other local schools, um, you're trying to inspire young people to pursue greatness or excellence or that win. Like what what's the thing that you tell them?
0: They just have to work hard, you know, and you gotta be prepared. Um again that's another Ed Miller thing and we were just always so prepared. There was nothing there was nothing another team did to you that you didn't know. Mm. And he just he was anal about having you prepared. And not only prepared um, as far as knowing what they're going to do, he had you prepared physically to to take that and to know how to win. And you know that's a culture in itself. It's hard to it's hard to uh, uh, get across to, to kids. And but it's uh, but it is a culture that has to be developed. But no, it's getting um, getting them to work harder and getting them to buy into. The hard work and and convincing them that it's there's going to be results at the end. Mm. So it's different if you're you know um, I'm involved like I said at Notre Dame High School right now and we we are few you know we have few numbers very little numbers but um, we've got they're in a weight program now and they're working very hard and it's going to be I'm going to be anxious to see how that's going to pay off and I um, and it will pay off. But, um, they just have to know it's gonna pay off mm. too. but no that's 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 the message, and you know the, how you ask the question, I guess it all depends on at what stage in their development they are of you know what I'm gonna be talking to them in the huddle, or it you know, but it's um you gotta start somewhere, but it's but it's getting them prepared, getting them to work, getting them strong, getting them mentally strong, not just physically strong mm. so.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's the big key is that what are you doing in, in your coaching or your sports organization that, uh, that leads to development past the barbell or past the ball,
0: mm-hmm. right? Correct.
1: Well, Scott, uh, anything you're excited about coming up? I know you're about to, you're, uh, you were telling me you're going to the final four here soon. Something. Yeah.
0: And yeah. Well, it's April, I guess. Yeah. So no, I, I, I got pretty much a boring life so I just uh, no I like going and watch you know got uh, got a granddaughter playing peewee basketball got a grandson playing junior high basketball mm-hmm. got I have a niece that's playing for Notre Dame they're fun to watch they have a nice fun team to, to watch and um, just watched their game last night they had, they had a good game against Menford last night but they um, you know that's kind of what I've been doing you know and I'm I'm not a big traveler, and like I told you, earlier, I don't have a hobby. Um, you need to work on that for me. One so <laughs> well, besides coaching, but I no I um um no. I liked I used to like golfing, but I had two rotator cuff surgeries and a couple of back issues, and more than a couple of back issues. So it's not worth it, mm. you know. So.
1: But you set your son, your both your sons and your family up for such success, like passing on the business to them. What's been the key in doing that? Well, if
0: I can correct you, I didn't set them up for nothing. I mean, they, you, you know, Aaron has gone into UPS store and he's done all that his own. And um, Juice is his own man. Juice has hmm. developed, he's, he's taken a company, he's taken, you know, 14 stores and turned them into 45 stores now and... It's all his doing. If it was up to me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have that many. I would have, at my age, you know, I I would have just sat back and. But um, no, I I'm not insulted by the remark, but mm-hmm. but I I they're definitely not set up, you know they. Sure. Oh no, and it, they're, it's they're, by
1: their merit that it's gotten to yeah. the place what it is. But you've been their coach.
0: Um, I I would like to hope so. I don't know if they listen to me. So they, <laughs> <laughs> I think when he moved out of the house, that's when he stopped listening to me, but no i I think they listen to me um or at least they hear me um if they don't, I speak louder and get their attention but i don't I don't have to you know i and again when i say i they are they are two successful young men that are that are doing a great job, and mm. um I told you earlier i didn't I didn't wish this business on either one of them. Aaron started out working with us in the restaurant business he chose to go over and do the UPS store so and and again I, I hang my hat on passion you gotta have passion for it he's, he's got passion for what he does he loves what he's doing mm. um, Juice definitely has passion um, with the doing the restaurant in the restaurant business and um, you just have to do what you like to do mm. you know and that's I spoke at a commencement exercise a few years back and I told him, I, you know, some what's your secret Mr. Schmidt? You know, and it's 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 simple. You know, you got to have passion and stick stick to doing what what you like to do and and stay with it. Mm-hmm. And nowadays everyone jumps from job to job, especially if it's a lateral move and it's just it's not doing you no good. Mm-hmm. And I like to think maybe that that was my success. I just stuck it out you know, and I just hung in there with it and, but everyone's not like me. Mm. Thank God, you know, everyone's (laughs) not like me, but, but no, they, you just got to stick things out and, and don't jump, don't job, you know, stop job jumping, Mm. you know, and stay with something and, you know, but you got to like it though. But of course, if if you don't, but some of the people that'll leave us and, well, we'll go work for Taco Bell. Well, you know, it's a lateral, it's a, you know, and it's, Um, or someone leaves Andy's outfit and wants salesperson or will jump over to, um, Bill Cole or Bill Cole. Yeah. Something like that. it's like, just stay where you're at. You know, you've developed a, you know, a culture yourself there. And, and, but, you know, you don't always have to evaluate, you know, is someone chasing the money or are they chasing the company? Mm. You know, I've always valued professional athletes. These guys go free agent and you can see the ones that are chasing the money or are they are they chasing the organization. Sure, and that's the reason the Patriots and the Steelers are successful. Lot, most people that go to them, they're not getting paid the money, they could have got paid. Mm. You know what? They're they're chasing the company. Mm. You know, and or slash culture of that company. But then again, I don't know, if I was a football player and you got a short time span you might Maybe you should chase the money, you know. I don't know, but it's uh, but most of them that don't that that chase organization turn out to be very successful too.
1: Mm. Scott, thanks so much for sitting us with this man, and I and I just uh, want to recap uh, just because it's been so consistent with what you've been talking about okay. from um, from your first store on the trail to the forty five that you guys have now. Uh, the results speak for themselves and I think that's uh what you're fostering um, with that that passion and purpose and and persistence well
0: thank you but I want juice to slow down but he he's, so he's, 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 he's kicking my butt so kind it's of, like, yeah
1: let me tell you, you you beat up sped me my entire college
0: career so I, I'm in great debt well I'm glad to hear that so <laughs> but no it's um we're fortunate to be with two two great brands. Um, Especially Wendy's is a very good brand to be with. Um, you know, there's a lot of franchisees, or a dime a dozen out there, franchisors. I mean, but um, but Wendy's is a good franchisor, and, and B Dub's is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, thanks so much for sitting with us. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. All right.